This season, turn it up to 10. Sort of like a bad habit, we gon' do it again. Ready or not, we're gonna tie up some ends. Go tell a 36, try to grab all the friends. We're back like we never left. On track like a treble clef. Skip a beat on the seventh rest. Bring feast, we don't pass them over. We got the first fruits, no way to show us. Can't live on that bread alone. Every word of God's mouth will fuel me on. That's scripture, that's Christ alone. That's grace alone, that's faith alone. All glory to God, cause that's his alone. Since the land's been slain, we can each belong. The Lord is my strength, my peace, and my song. Get our it all down at the feet of his throne. This yoke is easy, this burns light. Even with a loud mouth trying to eat at the mic. Even if we down south, the humidity spike. Fails torn in two, so we gon' be alright. It's all grace till the half goes off. Heretics better run till the top blows off. Got them all stood still like a jaw full of Botox. Time to bring them down like a jaw on a blow pop. Don't stop, they're in need of it though. Through grace, by faith, they could easily grow. New wave, new age, new way to see bro. Now one truth, life, one way to his throne. It's the year of the feast, we gon' grow some Time to put some meat on the bones Gotta put the milk down, son, it's time to leave home I'm just saying there's a time and a season You gotta be a Berean If you just hear and believe it, you could be walking with demons It could be rendering season All the things that go to God, that's a little like treason Wait, welcome back, my friends Did you ever really think we could pass the 10? Our stock's up, we about to trend Cause the whole 36 wanna rap again Wait, sounds too good to be true Like we're bending candy land, ain't no ladders, just shoot We hold true, if it's older than the cannon Best believe it's understanding, if it's not, it ain't proof like sacred name of the two house frame ears start to tickle then you fill it in the blanks you better not you be better off not trying to hassle hop you can take it to the bank this night ready he's about to go off with the ring on your finger from the cracker jack box it's hide and seek let's see if you can find out all the little messages he hit before the timeout ever seen a scholar with a blue belt i have he's about to make your food melt the loud one and he strikes again but don't let him close range he gonna bite your friends so relax gotta still in control he knows every care every village you hold he knows every hair every need for your soul Nothing new round here, this story's been told I bet you feel weak and your life is in tatters With bruised feet, your body is battered You can't reach, trying to climb up that ladder Sit back and hold fast to Messiah Matters These guys are better It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. This is Messiah Matters, number 462. Rob's kicking hornet's nests. I want to help. My name is Caleb Haig. Nice. I like it. 
hey, when I hear February 21st, I hear one month till spring. Boom. There you go. There it is. You know, the feasts are late this week. This I know. Week. So we've I got know. like, Purim won't be for another month. Pesach, another month after that. And I think like Hanukkah and Christmas are like right at the same time. First night, man. First night of Hanukkah is uh, Christmas like, Eve, I think. You're going to have the 12 days of Christmas and the eight days of Hanukkah. Like, oh, gosh. Neck and neck. I always hate it but when wait that a happens. Minute, wait a minute. The 12 <laughs> days of Christmas lead up to Christmas, right? Is that true? No, I don't I, think I so. I have no idea. I, I, I don't, really know. don't know. I don't think so. I think the 12 days of Christmas, I don't, don't know. I don't know. they count down? I know or that. I used Advent. to know this. That's Advent. Sorry. <clears throat> You got Lent okay. in the spring. People are there. So uh, Christians, like Catholics, are in Lent right now, right? Yeah, correct. And they and they put the ash on their forehead from Ash Wednesday. Yes, there was a lot of people at my gym that had uh, ash all over their head. Um, okay, let's. They're let's, not abstaining from rolls. <laughs> let's stop for a second because I want to address this. Yeah, so ahead, uh, Ski Bro the Hebrew says that he's in Southern California. I said, hey, I'm going to Southern California. Rob and I both are going to Southern California in the uh, November. He said, uh, what for? Uh, first of all, before we go to what for, Carlsbad. Yes, I am very aware of Carlsbad. Uh, I'm there often, actually. I go down to Southern California, to Newport, and to Anaheim, uh, usually about once every year or two. Uh, for, it's, it's the vacation spot of my in-laws. So we go down there often. But this time in November, we're going down for the Evangelical Theological Society and possibly the Society of Biblical Literature, which will be held in San Diego, California, which is great because what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down there and then uh, possibly drive up the coast to good old Newport and have a couple of rolls. Uh, now, I can I can roll at Art of Jiu-Jitsu in Newport. That's where I really want to roll. However, my gym's headquarters is in San Diego, so I might just stop by the World Champion Center of Autos hey, Headquarters. And watch all of the black belts crush. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Anyway, uh, when we're down there, uh, <clears throat> coffee is always encouraged. If you want to get coffee, you want to. Now Carlsbad is a is is a ways. It's a ways from San Diego, so maybe it warrants a dinner rather than just a coffee. Anyway. We'll be down there. Usually the schedule is pretty, uh, the, uh, you know, we say that, but then the schedule is so p jam packed. By the time we get done by with the day, we're so, we're so dead. We just want to like fall asleep anyway. All right. Um, well, hello to everyone in the chat room and hello to everyone out there in digital land, wherever you are. Um, we sure appreciate you listening, watching, doing whatever it is, what, enjoying us in whatever platform it is you enjoy us in. If you'd like to uh, help contribute to the conversation that we're about to have, see Hegg at TorahResource.com, C-H-E-G-G -G at TorahResource.com. That's the email address. Go ahead and send your emails there. You can also call our comment lines, 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. You won't talk to us. You'll just talk to an answering machine. Tell us how much you love us, hate us, disagree with us, agree with us, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. You can talk to us there. Um, go to Messiah Matters for past shows. We have shows all the way back to show one, believe it or not, 462 shows now. Um, and that's, uh, that's, 
that's where you can find that. You can also find merch. Uh, we're still waiting on some right now. There's a lot going on in the uh, in the offices here, and uh, we're trying to redo a bunch of stuff. So we don't have, there's some stuff that's kind of on hold. Um, producer credits have gone out this week, so our producers should be getting their producer credits. Uh, we should be getting uh, season uh, what are we in season 11 season 11 uh, merch up there at some point soon keep your eyes peeled for that but finally last but not least Joe this uh, this show is produced by Torah resource go to Torah resource uh, like I said we're making some great uh, great strides in uh, in how we're formatting the website we're gonna have some new stuff up there um, and Rob is creating currently a um, another micro course on the festival of Purim. <clears throat> which uh, is going to be great. All right. Um, and if you really want to help us out, smash that subscribe button, kids. Uh, if you already subscribed, press the like button on this video. I know it sounds weird. It really does help us. Okay. So do you want to say anything before we jump in or should we just jump in? Uh, oh, I just have a psalm. From, okay. Uh, it's a verse from the psalm. How Go. I love your commandments. Yeah, they are they are better than gold. Psalm one nineteen, fine gold. Psalm one nineteen. Can I tell you? Can I didn't I tell grow you? up. I didn't grow up with with that as like a pause as like something that a Christian would say. I didn't grow up with that. It's like it was almost like when I learned when I read that. I was like, is that is that okay is that in the Bible? Like, can I? <laughs> Can I have it? Is that for me to say You're that right. and actually like go, wow, like really? Is that okay? Is like, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> you know, I, so it's I, just, I, and, and it's gonna... not because it's not because someone I was indoctrinated or, and I did the two years of catechism. It's just, it's like no one ever said hate God's commandments. It's just that they were just like swept under the, Rug, you know what I mean? It was like they were just like off, off topics. We don't go there. It's like a sign. It's like you're in a giant, a giant mansion, and there's like you're looking into this like huge, awesome like library full of like rare, cool books and it's like glorious light and seating. And it's like you want to go in there, but there's a sign that says no, nothing to see here. Don't do that. <laughs> you're not allowed. You're okay, so let, let me tell you, they, uh, I'm going to plug my own some of my own work here. Um, one of the things that I've done uh, for the broader one law, pronomian, whole, whole Bible Christian, whatever you want to, Hebrew roots, doesn't matter, whatever you are, um, is that I've compiled a prayer book. And that prayer book is nothing but scripture. So there's no man-made, it's all out of the word of God, right? And so I've compiled it so that uh, you can, you can, Morning, afternoon prayers. Everything is directly out of out of the scriptures. And if you want to find that, it's at. I wouldn't go buy it yet, and I'll tell you why. But I, it's at pronomian.com. You can buy it there. However, the second edition has just been completed. I have um, I've added some some very needed and what I think are uh, very beneficial uh, prayers and blessings to the book. And one of the things that I did was I added and and I'll tell you why I did this. I added a afternoon prayer, but I didn't just add one afternoon prayer. I added two afternoon prayers, and the reason why is because I have recently started. Uh, so. You know, in the morning when I was doing my morning prayers, I keep coming to the Shema, right? Uh, Here is where the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall teach them diligently to your children. 
speak of them when you sit in your house. Okay. So my kids and I do the Shema at night before we go to bed. Most, most nights we do that. Um, and we, I try to read scripture with them every night before we go to bed. We uh, admittedly, I, I drop the ball some nights, but it's, it's a, uh, it's something that we try to do as often as possible. And I thought, man, <clears throat> when I was growing up, I, I wanted to pray more with my, with my parents. I should pray more with my kids. So I told my eldest son, who's 11, I said, Hey, we're going to start doing afternoon prayers and it's going to take about 15 minutes. So what we do is on one day we read uh, or we recite Psalm 119, one through, I think it's 87. And then the next day we read Psalm or recite Psalm 119. I think it's 88 to the end of the chapter and we alternate. So every day we're going back and forth. Nice. And, uh, I, I have, I don't know if my son has really enjoyed it. I have really enjoyed it. And so I decided that's what I'm going to put into the prayer book. So the, the second edition of the prayer book will be up probably in the next month or two. And, uh, I'm going to redo the cover and everything. It's going to, it's going to be very slick and, uh, well worth the money. I would highly recommend it once it gets up there anyway. Okay. Let's jump into it. What do you say? Enough, Let's enough chit chat, enough chit chat. Let's chit chat about things that are on our list. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Now I got this email. I don't know who this person is. He's just, just named Joey. And Joey uh, wrote in, the very first thing he said is, I just commented on one of your, on one of your uh, YouTube videos. I'm going to tell you what he asked, and then I'm going to tell you my response. Now he has not responded to my email. So I, I don't know why. But he says, the first question that has really been stressing me, because I have heard a lot of people say this, Will we not be saved if we call him Jesus and not his Hebrew name? So this is, um, for, let's frame this real quick because, you know, we talk about sacred namism. Um, we've talked about it tons of times on this show. Usually, and we've talked about this exact issue, the, the name of, of Yeshua. We have short videos on this. We have, uh, you know, long discussions on this. We're going to do it again though. And the reason why is because, uh, as Joey has said, a lot of people are saying it. This has become one of the lies of the Hebrew Roots Movement. And uh, now the Hebrew Roots Movement does have some good things to say. I, I fully affirm that. In fact, I think that the, uh, the push, that God has used the Hebrew Roots Movement to push uh, observance of Torah, what Rob and I like to call one law theology. Um, and, uh, and that has been, the Hebrew Roots Movement has been a catalyst for that. And so uh, I, I believe that uh, I owe myself I, I myself owe a great debt to uh, the Hebrew Roots Movement uh, at large in that realm. However, the Hebrew Roots Movement has also brought us plenty of heretical doctrines. And so this would be one of them. Sacred Namism came around in around the 40s, um, the 1940s, and uh, became quite prevalent uh, amongst uh, well, the, the people who ultimately, uh, coupled with the worldwide church of God later and became the Hebrew roots movement, uh, in the eighties, uh, they, they pulled from several different theologies. One of them was sacred namism. And one of them was, um, like British Israelism, which became two house theology. With that said, the sacred namism started with the idea that, uh, we don't know the name of 
the tetragrammaton yod heh vav heh. And so uh, the idea was if you, it says call on the name of the Lord. And so uh, if you have the secret knowledge, the miss, if you unlock the mystery of the sacred name, then, then God will really hear your prayers. And if you don't unlock that mystery, guess what? God doesn't hear your prayers. This is the theology that they were pushing. And still do to this day, by the way, there's a lot of sacred nameism out there. And um, so people have come up with all sorts of pronunciations. So at first it was, you know, you have to say Yahweh. If you don't say Yahweh, then then if you say God and not Yahweh, then then God isn't hearing your prayers. And then you had, you know, the Lou White. Uh, the, but if, the you, Lou yeah, White. And if you say Yahweh, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah so Lou White comes out and says, no, 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 it's not Yahweh. It's Yahuwah. <clears throat> what do you say it is? Yahuwah. I think it is. Yeah. I don't and then you There's have so many Nehemiah variations Gordon, Yeah. Nehemiah same. Gordon now is coming. Yeah. yeah. It's, and so, yeah. So. <laughs> so it's become one of these, you know, it's well, like. This was the, it, you know, this was, this isn't, it's kind of new in our day over the last 20, 30 years. Right. But yeah. That, but I mean, this is like, it's like jujitsu, you know, like, oh, you go to, you, you go to a Gracie gym. Puh. Well, I go to, you know, I go in an Atos gym. So my jujitsu is better than yours. Your jujitsu isn't going to work. And, and the, the thing is, is that this is all nonsense. It's, it's all total nonsense. And, and, uh, and people who, who uh, attempt to really learn Hebrew start to realize how much nonsense this is. Beyond this is legalism. And the idea that uh, the, 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 the main verse that's used, call on the name of the Lord, um, first of all, does this mean that a deaf person, uh, a deaf and mute person can't, can't uh, be saved because they can't call on the name of God? No, of course not. Uh, to, the name of God is not contained in the title. Um, the name, now granted, the title is usually related to the, uh, the person's name, obviously. But when it says to pray in the name of the Lord, it doesn't mean, it doesn't to literally mean to say in the name of Yeshua or in the name of Jesus or, you know, in Yahweh we pray. That's not what it means. Um, to bear the name of someone is to essentially, it's almost the same as bearing their image. You uh, ha come in the power of the of the person. Their their power and who they are is what defines you. Not you, but them. You are a representative. That's what it means. And so, uh, from from the start, this is just totally false. This is now bled over into. Um, the Hebrew roots movement in the idea of the name Yeshua, that you have to say Yeshua. But of course, just like the sacred name, um, it, it, people have decided, well, it's not Yeshua, even though we have clear evidence in the Tanakh of how to say the name Yeshua. Um, it, it's not that. It's actually yeah, Yahusha or it's, I mean, there's a, a slew of variations now. And if you don't say it the way that I want you to say it, then... Yeah, then Yahusha, I think yeah. people, there's one... <laughs> Uh, once again, this just shows a, a complete lack of understanding of, of uh, what it means to, to bear someone's name. It also shows a complete lack of understanding of Hebrew and language in general. Um, people think that they can just manipulate language to, to, to fit their own wants and their own theology. And it really, it really does show a, a level of ignorance. No offense to the people out. Well, actually, you know, I don't, really don't care. Offense to the people out there who are pushing sacred nameism, because honestly, it's heretical and it's and it's offensive. I think. <clears throat> but anyway, um, so back to our friends, Joey's um, 
comment. And uh, I, I this is the response. So let's read the comment again, because I want to refresh where we were. The first question that has really been stressing me because I have heard a lot of people say this, will we not be saved if we call him Jesus and not his Hebrew name? The first thing that I asked Joey was this, Joey, uh, can you please, uh, you, you know, I said, uh, with all due respect, I, I'm not sure why you'd be worried about this. Can you please describe to me your understanding of what the gospel is? Now, we hear that word a lot, and I'm going to use this time and this platform to refresh us all. And I don't think, I don't care if you're R.C. Sprawl or if you're John MacArthur or if you're Tim Hag or if you're Caleb Hag or if you're Rob Van Hoff or whatever. We can always hear the gospel message again. And we can always go over the gospel. It, it should never get old, right. right? It should never get old. And so that's exactly what we're going to do right now. If you are a person out there in YouTube land or in podcast land who are hearing this and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm scared that if I don't say Yeshua or Yahusha or whatever, instead of Jesus, then my prayers aren't heard and I won't be saved. Um, then this is for you. The gospel message itself, we hear this word gospel thrown around Christianity, the Hebrew Roots Movement, whatever it may be. The gospel message itself is that God, the almighty powerful God, wants to bring us into covenant relationship with him. And he is, he is so bent on doing so for the elect that he has gone to great lengths, such great lengths, that he has sent his only son to die on the cross to to cover the, the, the sin, the debt payment of sin, say that we are clear and free now to come back into covenant relationship with him. Now, throughout scripture, what continues to come up is this idea of the heart. It's not whether or not you're bringing the right sacrifice. It's not whether or not you're doing the right things, the step-by-step. -step. It's not whether or not you are um, you know, saying the right name. It's whether or not you genuinely have a heart to love and follow God. That's what matters, the heart. And the Holy Spirit is the one that changes our heart. And so the gospel message itself is, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. This is the gospel message, according to Galatians 3.8. It's not, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed as long as they get the name right or as long as they bring the right sacrifice, or as, the, as long as they don't tick me off. That's not the gospel message. It's simply, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham believed in God, believed what he said, and he, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Okay, Rob, take over. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, I'm just going, yeah, I'm, preach it. <laughs> it's good news because those, because the... By by, I like how I know I've got a gazillion thoughts happening at once. In John three, Yeshua tells Nicodemus, "This is judgment. Light has come into the world," and then he then he describes there's two different kinds of behaviors that happen. There's people who love the darkness; they they try to hide their deeds, and then there's the people who do truth. They're the ones that come to the light, right? So, but the point is, light comes into the world. And the people who love truth are in a way that they are also in the darkness because the light hasn't come yet, but because, but they're, and they're in a, 
they're kind of like Israel in Egypt kind of thing. They're in a non-sustainable situation. They can't save themselves, but they, by God's grace, they have a love of truth. And, and so God gives them perseverance in that faith so that when the light does appear, they, they're right. The fact that they were faithful to God and that they are righteous is becomes revealed. And these are, these are people who are conscious of their sin and therefore confess their sin because they hate falsehood and they love truth. Whereas the wicked don't confess their, their sin. So the good news is that there is a blessing in the world that is guaranteed, right? It's, it's guaranteed. And the people who care about it are the people that receive it. The people who care about the blessing and the goodness that comes from the creator would not, ne will never be turned away. Oh, the that's going to play into our the next people conversation. Who don't care about the blessing and goodness of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They don't care. You can almost so, say ask and you will receive. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the idea is, is it, it's good news. Why is it? It's another reason why it's good news is because it's a different message than what the nations were getting when they were coming to Israel and learning from Sadducees or yes. learning from the Essenes yeah. or learning even from, from, from sadly, much of probably the Pharisees. They were yeah. learning... Oh, I got to do this, this, and this. Oh, I got to, I got to. I have to be of this, of this race or yeah. else. Yeah. I got to, I got to uh, <clears throat> adhere to all these community rules. And then I can't talk with those other people anymore. It's almost like Scientology. Like, you know, you read the community rules from Qumran. I mean, this is a, a Hebrew speaking community from the second temple period who had I think it's like a cult, really. I mean, they have like all the, these oaths. You have to give all your money. And then you you get punished if you speak wrong. And you have, there's social shame and, and, and exclusion and then honor. All these things. And you think about an outsider coming thinking, oh, you know, I've heard. Like they hear of the God of Israel. And they want to come. And they, they you know, they're abandoning idolatry. And then they have this kind of uh, Jewish Scientology that just, hey, you got to join us. We'll show you the way. Give us your money. And that is that is awful, you know? It's so, interesting It's interesting that you say give us your money. Good because news you know is that you don't have to join a sect. Right. <laughs> right? That's another aspect of the good news. There's Absolutely. There's no sect to join. It's My interesting house of prayer shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. All nations, exactly. And here's here's the, the other interesting thing. You bring up money. You know, it, to me, I like I I read the 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 Word of God. I, you know, I continually go over what I believe and 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 how I I frame the, my understanding of the gospel. I do that constantly, and yeah. so to me, we need, to we me, need that washing. We need to be washed like that. So when I, when I hear when I hear this kind of thing, my first reaction is to be like, man, why? How can people believe this? Now, this is not a dig on Joey or anyone else. Um, but it, in my own mind, in my own fleshly spirit, that's what I think. However, I, I always need to remind myself this kind of teaching in various different forms has been going on forever, right? Oh, yeah, because Isaiah, Yeshua cites Isaiah. He's right. like, Isaiah nailed this, right? These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But That's but, not worship but and even, spirit and truth. 
But the leadership, I mean, look at the Catholic Church. The reason the Reformation gets ignited the way it does, the reason that Luther is so ticked off, right, is because of the selling of indulgences. And what is the Catholic Church saying? The Catholic Church is telling the, the, the congregants, they're telling the people in the pews, who, by the way, don't have Bibles. They, they don't have the word to read. So they're relying on the leadership oh. to tell them the truth. And what happens? The Catholic, the Catholic leadership is saying... Hey, if you don't like your your loved ones are in hell right now, they're burning. And and not only that, they're showing they've painted pictures, huge placards <laughs> right. and posters of people right. burning in hell, saying this right. is your this is your this is your grandma, this is her. And if you give us money, she'll spend less oh. time burning. And so people are are filling these, you know, these these coffers with with their their last pennies to try to get or, or come kiss the relic or the the gold box that the the bone or the skull of some or walk up or walk up stairs on your knees constantly so that your knees will bleed or whip your back. I mean there there's all sorts of these practices happened all throughout the the Catholic Church to try to lessen the time that people were in purgatory. And, uh, and this was, in my opinion, this was once again, a selling tactic, um, of, of a false gospel. Uh, and it's heartbreaking. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And the thing is, is that it's still, you know, uh, uh, here's the thing is that the, the heartbreak for me, especially within Catholicism, because I see such a, a solid, uh, firm rooted tradition that goes back so far. So it's so hard to shake loose, right? It, it's it, you're not gonna like people are so it's so ingrained, and people seem to look over. You know, you talk to to uh, people who are in the Catholic faith, and don't get me wrong, I think that there are. I I honestly believe that there are a lot of people within the Catholic faith that are truly saved. People are. I I know I'll get backlash for that. But uh, I believe that there are, there are people who truly believe that that Yeshua has has done work on the cross to save them, and that's what they're trusting in. They're not trusting in the in the idol and the you know up front or anything like that. So I don't know how God works that out. That's up to Him. Praise the Lord for that. But if you ask people in the pews of the Catholic Church, well, what about indulgences? You know, the popes and and the Catholic Church taught indulgences. So if they're the mouthpiece of God. Well, why, why, you know, is that, is that really of God? Well, or what about the, you know, the, the times that we've had multiple popes? What about the current pope? Oh, golly. Right now there's the whole thing about this blessing. Was it for individuals? Was it for perverted couples? And then all the backsplaining, you know. We're going to get the great schism again, right? Or whatever. And we're going to get the great, we're going to get the great schism. Somebody is going to say, we need a new Pope and the current Pope is not going to step down. (laughs) I mean, it could happen again, right? France might elect a new, who knows? I don't know. Maybe it couldn't happen in our day and age. But the point, my simple point is this, is that the, the, the gospel message given in the, in the word of God is continually diluted. Now I am not a person by any stretch of the imagination, who sees Satan behind every rock. I don't see devils behind every corner. Right. But I do have to say that the that the uh, f- the pushing of a false gospel, I, honest, I honestly do believe that there are evil powers, Satan, whatever you, you know, his workers, whatever, that are pushing false gospels. And I think that that happens all over the place. It's not just in this sect. It's not just in Catholicism. It's not just in, you know... Islam. It's not, no, it's, 
we see this even in our own belief structures. And this comment, this, this email is a perfect example because you have people, it is a false gospel. It is a false gospel to say that if you don't say the name right, you're not saved. That is a false gospel because it is a works-based salvation. And so people who are pushing this, not everyone who's pushing this is a horrible person. Not everyone, they're not, this is what they've been taught. They're pushing something that they've been taught. They see it on the internet. They see it from teachers, whatever. They're pushing it again. And so my, my simple point here is go back to the word. Go back to the word of God. See what the word of God says about the gospel message. Christ, Yeshua has died on the cross to pay the debt of sin. If you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Yeshua is Kurios, that he is Lord, you will be saved. That's it. Yeah, it means it means that the reason you even desire to confess that is because, because he had you in mind when he was on the cross. Exactly. Right? He loved yep. you and went to the cross for your sins. While you there's, were still dead in, in your trespasses Yeah, there's no sins. other way. It, you know, it's... Right. I, I, that one, one heavy verse for me is, I think it's Genesis, Genesis 6, where's it where it says it's every, every inclination of the thoughts of his heart is only evil all day oh, long. Right, right. It's like, yep. where, where, where do you, where does a free will person get the tool to pry in a good thought in there? Like to, to break through perpetual evil thinking to bloom a beautiful thought that's acceptable to God. Like what? So we have another, we have another, uh, th this is part of this conversation. And normally I would say, well, that's uh, for another time, but, but zoom B in the chat room has brought up and I've written on this. My father's written on this. We've taught like there's lectures on Torah resource about this, but it is a extremely needed answer to a question, like the, the answer must come for this question. And I, I can't see the picture. I don't know if Zumbi is a, is a, a man or a woman. I apologize. I do apologize. But they say, did the Holy Spirit only come upon people in the Old Testament versus now the Holy Spirit is indwelling? No, I truly believe, I truly uh, think the scriptures teach. And this is one that even people um, who are in the messianic realm, the pronomian realm, disagree with me on. I fully and, and totally believe that the Holy Spirit has always indwelled believers. And the reason why is because so there's no other way to please God. Well, go ahead. Exactly. There's no other ways to, to be saved than to, ha so Romans eight, right? Romans eight says that a person cannot be saved unless they have the spirit of Yeshua. And then he switches it a verse later and says the spirit of the one who raised him from the dead. Okay. So what are we talking about here? The Holy spirit, Ezekiel and the new covenant language says that in this new covenant, the spirit is going to indwell the people. Now, people think new covenant. Okay, well, that must mean that it's time bound. And we've talked ad nauseum about this. But the, the fact is that I and my father has done unbelievably good work on this. You can go uh, watch his four part lecture series on the new covenant. God's promise fulfilled. Um, it, he argues, and I think he's 100% right, that the, the new covenant is not time bound. 
And what is meant by that is if you come to faith in Christ, whether it was before Christ came and you believed in the coming Messiah and that he would deal with the sin problem, or whether it's after Christ has come and you believe in Christ's death on the cross has dealt with the sin problem, you have now entered into the new covenant. So Abraham was part of the new covenant. Moses was part of the new covenant. Isaiah. Isaiah was part I mean, of the new covenant. Yeshua says, Isaiah saw my glory. Right. Right. Or he said, or John writes, this he said, this is, he was citing Isaiah when Isaiah saw his glory. So it's John parenthetically, but Yeshua says, Abraham saw my day and saw it and was glad. I mean, Hebrews 11, you know, it's a, a real great chapter that people can go re refresh their mind or recommend to other people. It's the same the, faith. We can say the same thing about the old covenant. The, now, the, the nationally, it's a dip. Now, there's a national element, obviously, that's in the Father's hands. Right at the ascension, after 40 days and 40 nights, post-resurrection, Yeshua teaching his disciples about the kingdom, they ask a question. Well, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom? Now, I would imagine that restoration of the, restore the kingdom to Israel is the specific question. The, here's here's a question I have about that. Is that like Yeshua teaching for 40 days and 40 nights and a guy's been on his iPhone the whole time and then finally he's like asks a question right at the end that has no pertinence to anything Yeshua's taught at all for 40 days and 40 nights? Right. Or is it a question that exactly engages everything Yeshua's been teaching, but then Yeshua says, it's just not for you to know this particular time, but at pertaining to the restoration of the kingdom of Israel right now, you're going to wait in Jerusalem and then you're going to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, etc., to the end of the world. That's your marching orders. Occupy until I come, right? That that's the deal. But the idea I come, absolutely. We are to understand it as a restoration of the kingdom to Israel. Now, two, two big points on this. Number one, I was going to say that we can, we can apply this same logic to what is known as the Old Covenant. Term Old Covenant is, I'm a man, laugh out loud, awesome, sorry, sorry, Zumbi. Um, I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. um, so the term Old Covenant is only used one time in 2 Corinthians, and he is talking about Israel not uh, trying to read the Torah without seeing Christ. This is when he uses the term Old Covenant. And if you, I did a video on this on Pronomian. If you walk through all of the times that uh, Old is used uh, by Paul in Old old, uh, old Man, uh, Old Self, right? All these things. Then um, you start to see that it's always before a person comes to faith in Christ. So the Old Covenant is not time bound either. Israel today is part of the Old Covenant. And it doesn't mean the, the covenant at Sinai. It means trying to be a covenant member and enter the covenant without being in Christ, without having Christ. Back to Romans real quick. Romans 8, you cannot be saved at any point in time before Christ died on the cross or after unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's one. But... <clears throat> The other thing I was going to say, oh man, I lost the second, the second trainer. Oh yeah, yeah, the filling of the Holy Spirit. So, and the point by by Mister Zumbi uh, himself. Um, so is there something different about the, the filling of the Holy Spirit in Acts two that is not prior? And I would say yes, there is. 
So we saw, saw we see Bezazel is filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to accomplish a work of, of creating the tab- tabernacle. The uh, the elders of Israel are filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they see the God of Israel and underneath right. his feet like gl- glass. Right there's there's tons of different times that uh, people are filled with the Holy Spirit, and I believe that the time in Acts is a filling like this. Now this is where it gets controversial because. I believe that there are two fillings of the Holy Spirit. We have the filling of the Holy Spirit that we see in Romans 8, which is that if you come to faith in Christ, you are filled with the Holy you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit for salvation. That filling That's never leaves. That's a regeneration leaves. to life in the resurrection life of Messiah Yeshua. Exactly. And you're Bonded never to him for eternity. Exactly. By his and blood. You, and you're never, you're never not filled with that once you're a believer. Once you're a believer, you are filled with the Holy Spirit in that sense. Yeah, that's the seal. Paul also calls it an arabon, a seal. Like it's, you can't break it. You can't break that. Exactly. But what you're going to talk about then is a a special gifting, right? And uh, for the sake of edification of of the church and advancement of the kingdom. Am I I, uh, anticipating where you're going with that? You are, yeah. Christ Christ himself says... um, I have come only for the lost sheep of Israel, and then he says, at another time, I must leave so that the so that the the Paraclete, the the Helper, can come. Well, well yeah, why? He says, you will receive power from on high. Right. Well, he's they already believe in him, right? Right. The, pe- the people he spends forty days and forty nights with after resurrection are already saved. They're already they're already born again. Right. Peter, when Peter said, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel, you, right? I probably mangled that whole quote. But the point is, Yeshua says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. You know, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but, but my father in heaven, right? I mean, that's that's born again, lang- born from above language. Yes. So, so therefore, then- if Peter had that before the cross, before the resurrection, before the ascension, but then Peter has is empowered in Acts two. In other ways of preaching, it's wonderful. You know, it's it's a it's like turbocharge. Well, and so the the obvious question that's going to come next. Okay, well then, what what is the filling of the Holy Spirit for in in Acts two? And the answer is. Christ comes only for the lost sheep of Israel, but his his servants, greater works than these you will do, right? What are the greater works? The greater works are that the disciples will take the, will, will help spread the gospel. The, the Holy Spirit will fill them in order to allow them to, to spread the gospel around the world to the Gentiles, to the Gentiles. That's the, that's the greater work right? And this is what the Holy Spirit empowers the disciples to do in Acts 2. We see it throughout Acts. People, every time somebody, they, they believe and they receive the Holy Spirit. Why? So that they can go and, and teach and, and tell people in their own place about the work that Yeshua has done. So let's go to the uh, and it's a, it is a t- I like how you said at different times. It's a timings thing. But Salel wasn't given the the spirit of god like while he was still in egypt in order to build in order to know how to build the ark of the covenant right he he was he was given the wisdom in order to do that specific task when it was time to do that task right um it's not like bezalel had a vision of the tabernacle before moses did 
No, because we know from the end of Exodus, it says, and they built it exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. So it's anchored with the what Moses was shown in the mount, on the mountain, and what God told Moses. He communicated that to Betzalel, and Betzalel and Aholiav and all the guys that were under them uh, were able to hear it and and execute it exactly, uh, and that is God working in them to do that because we know that it was made to spec. Right? right? The tabernacle was filled and the glory filled it. Several things here. We got a couple of questions in the chat room. Johnny says, question for Rob to 2 Corinthians 3.14, old covenant, mean ancient covenant in Greek. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the, it's like where we get the word paleo. Have you heard like paleo diet? <laughs> it's just It just means ancient. Like people don't say old diet, right? Paleo um, what's the verse again? I should, I should pull it up. Uh, second Corinthians three fourteen. while he pulls that up, um, Zumbi, Mr. Zumbi says, the reason I ask is because that is one area that comes up when talking to some people who doesn't see the Torah, how we see it as it still holding to it. Yeah. The answer to that is, um, you're going to have major, major theological problems. If you, if a person tries to argue that there was a different way of salvation before, before the acts two event, you're going to have major, major issues or before Christ died on the cross, you're going to have major issues. We have always been saved by faith through grace. In fact, there was somebody just last week, who was commenting on one of our uh, one of our um, uh, videos, saying that uh, before um, before Christ died, everyone was saved by grace, but but only by faith were you saved um, after Christ died. And I said, well, in this, he was uh, quoting Galatians three, and I said, well, in the exact same chapter, Abraham was the model of salvation by faith. He says, yeah, he was a precursor. He was just a, he was just a sign of how things would be after the death of Christ. This is total nonsense. Um, you, you have, you have significant problems as soon as you attempt to say that, uh, that a person was saved in different, in a different way. If, if, if a person was saved in a different way before Christ came, why not just keep it that way? You know, if it was by works or if it was by sacrifices or whatever, why would God send his only son to, uh, to, to die a horrific death just to change the model? And there's not a good answer for that. If works could save me or if sacrifices could save me, why not just keep doing that? Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Do you have the? Yeah, do I you pulled have it up. Verse? Yeah, it's just it's it, it it's uh, where we get that word paleo, like paleo Hebrew or paleo diet, you know, in our popular world, and it just means like ancient, it, you know, it 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 doesn't mean um, obsolete. You know what I mean? That's the way people think. Like the Old Testament means like the obsolete. They translate in their mind, I think, to like no longer applicable. Um. I think it's just me. It means ancient, um, but but in the context of what Caleb was saying, uh, um, I think that uh, the way Paul is using it is that people think that they're. You, he was dealing with Jews. Sorry, I'm having trouble putting thoughts together today. Paul is dealing with Jewish sects, sectarianism, that are have a confidence with God's law. 
that is similar to the confidence that Yeshua talks about the Pharisee who goes to the temple and goes, oh, thank you that I'm not like this man, and that I do this, this, and this, and I tithe, and I fast twice a week. That's the, it's a, it's a portrait of a person who has a false righteousness, but in themselves, they believe they are righteous before God's law. And in fact, they do not see God correctly. And so Paul says, that's the problem. And uh, Caleb mentioned Romans earlier. I think it's Roman 10. Romans 10, it says, yeah, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Because rejecting the righteousness of God, they have sought to establish their own righteousness and have thus stumbled at the stumbling stone. So, so the idea of the ancient covenant that they are, quote, happy with, it's not a good happy it's a pride happy it's a it's a a drunkenness with zeal for the wrong things kind of happy and so paul is on the outside of of those groups like saying look you know you know pleading listen to the torah abraham was trusted the lord and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and only later he was given the commandment of circumcision as a seal of that righteousness. That the idea that Abraham would have the same attitude that these Pharisees had, he was trying to use Abraham as, a, as to help them wedge them free to actually hear the Torah rather than be trapped in their echo chamber of self-congratulatory uh, works righteousness. So I know I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. It's, it's no, no, it's okay. We we have a we have a couple of comments we, that I really do want to, to touch on here. First of all, Lewis uh, says in the chat room, could you comment on the difference in the MT of Jeremiah thirty one uh, thirty two? Though I was a husband to them, and Hebrews eight nine, and I just uh, disregarded them. Neglect versus husband. I I would just point you to my father's commentary on the uh, book of, of Hebrews. It's it's uh, in it's an in depth uh, view that you can yeah, go look at. It's, it is. It's that's a good question. Yeah, go to Tim's commentary on. I, he probably in chapter eight and chapter ten of of Roman. Uh, uh, sorry, Hebrews. Chapter eight. Yeah, I think it's the. Um, it's it's also second. one other note though. It's not entirely a, a citation exactly from the Septuagint, and Tim gets he goes into that a little bit. Um, but it is true that the Hebrew has baaltibam. I was a husband to them, and the Greek has. Um, and I did not care for them. And I take it as, as it's the same core idea because the, the, the phrase exactly right before it is they, which, uh, my covenant, which they broke. And so the Hebrew, even though it's a Vav, they say, although I was a husband to them, meaning although I had cared for them, Whereas the Greek seems to be explaining it to say, they broke my covenant as if I had not cared for them. Like it's a, re, it's just, they, they look at that last line as a continuation of the thought. They broke the covenant because they disregarded God. They, they acted as if God did not care for them. So again, that's, uh, it's a good point. And yeah, go to Tim's. Okay, we, we have another one. Uh, Oki Girl says... <clears throat> Oki Girl? <laughs> Oki Girl says... Oklahoma? I'll, yeah, I'll have to nice. do some research on that uh, ski bro. Hang on. 
Um, I have always thought that the Holy Spirit did not come uh, come indwelling until Jesus, until Yeshua. Why was David afraid of losing the Holy Spirit? I will have to research. So Rob did an entire oh, uh, lecture on this. Hang on just a sec. I'm going to give the cliff notes and then Rob can expand. But, the, but uh, once again, we're talking about two different indwellings of the Holy Spirit. You have indwelling for salvation. Are you telling me that, that uh, David was afraid of losing his salvation? Of course not. David was not afraid of losing his salvation. He was filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish something, just like the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 to accomplish something. What was David filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish? He was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit to be king of Israel. Yeah. And what what God was, uh, what he was afraid was, was that the kingdom would be taken from him just like it was taken from Saul. And and the, the whole psalm is the Holy Spirit working in David's heart, right? The fact that he's confessing his sin. He's like, like, right? He's saying, create in me a clean heart. He he's the gravity of his sin is before him and he's horrified at his depravity. It David's horror at his own depravity is in fact a work of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the horror of the depravity is the flip side of the coin of repentance. So, uh, and that is all a work of, of the Holy Spirit. But, but yeah, the, the take not your Holy Spirit from me is, um, and again, there's, there's all sorts of phrases that are parallel with that in, in the Psalm. So, um, G- but, but G-K also is it G-K? in Peter, it says that, 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 you know, that the prophets had the spirit of Messiah in them, telling them about, things to come. By the way, just just a, just a side note, uh, Dr. Walter Kaiser did a fantastic article on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit before Christ came. This is not a Torah-based argument. This is, I mean, uh, Walter Kaiser's uh, a fantastic Christian scholar. Um, but uh, it's Jika, I think, Jika, Jika, anyway, uh, King Saul didn't realize the soul, the spirit, I think it's supposed to be, had left him. Jesus said he was leaving so that the spirit could come. Exactly. So that the spirit could come to do what? So the spirit could come to uh, to indwell the disciples to accomplish something in, in the exact same way. Saul was never the, regenerated. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like, uh, it's Boom. like God could talk wicked to smart. the donkey, Right? <laughs> it's yeah. like with Balaam. God could talk through the donkey. God could talk through Balaam. Yep. It says the spirit of God came on Balaam, but he was not regenerated. Right. It just, he uttered words. So that's God's prerogative. He's Balaam. There was never a world where Balaam was going to be saved anymore than that donkey would, you know, was somehow no longer a donkey. The, the, the spirit comes and uh, on people to accomplish works in the Tanakh in the exact same way that he comes on people to accomplish work in Acts two for God's purposes. Exactly, and 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 Rob's point that the this it can't be saving. It cannot be saving, uh, saving work. And the reason why is because Rob is exactly right. Yeah, the, the the disciples were already saved in Acts two, and not only that, but you have the filling of the Holy Spirit. Prior to Acts 2, in the apostolic scriptures, same language, everything. John the Baptist's parents are both filled with the Holy Spirit. Before Acts 2, 
I mean, there's there's a lot of explaining John in that the would womb. Happen. Doesn't it say even John in the womb? And just like Ezekiel in the womb, huh? Yeah, or is it or, uh, Elijah? I'm sorry. Pro- yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a mystery. You know, ultimately, we we can. These are these are wonderful things we can read in the Bible. Um, but in terms of trying to rationally create a framework that we can predict God or somehow know who He's going to save or who He's not. Yeah, not. you know, I, I, let's give Jika some some uh, some grace here because may, you know it, it's hard to have conversations like this with somebody who's in a chat room and not able to, to talk back. And and I understand that we've cut the legs out from underneath you, and I apologize uh, for that when it comes to a conversation on this. And I'm sure that uh, Jika could make some great some great uh, you know expand on her uh, her her views and and make an argument for what she's saying. So I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh, put you down here. Um, but I think that there would need to be some, some explanations that from the start, right? Uh, things that maybe we have, uh, that we've assumed that Jig would not say. So for instance, in Acts 2, are we are, like, is the difference of the giving of the, the first thing that I'd have to ask somebody who is suggesting that the Holy Spirit has not always come in the same form or in the same way as before Christ, um, is that, does that start exactly when Christ resurrects or is it in the Acts 2 event? If that's the case, is it for salvation? What is the Holy, what is the indwelling of Holy Spirit for in Acts 2? Is it for salvation? So is there a difference in salvation before Acts 2? Or is, or is it when Christ resurrects or is it not have to do with salvation? Is it as we have said, um, is it as we have said that it's for a purpose? And if that's the case, then I would need to know what's the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit beforehand. It seems like what is uh, what is possibly being said by Jika in the chat room, and, and once again, I, I maybe I shouldn't say that. What's being said by some people uh, who, who have argued this before is that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit um, comes on people and leaves and comes on people and leaves. However, uh, in Acts 2, it comes on people to accomplish a work, which is to uh, go to all the nations, but that the uh, that, that, uh, that uh, indwelling of the Holy Spirit never leaves. After the Acts 2 event, once you're indwelled for the for this type of indwelling of the Holy Spirit, it never leaves. Um, I, I would I would think that we could pr- point to a significant amount of, of different uh, times and say, you know, well, I don't want to get into into uh, speculation of, of various of various movements and whatnot. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I haven't even read it yet, but I will read it out loud. Let's just read it together. Jika responds and says, I'm an old lady who's been saved for 64 years and a serious Bible student without uh, benefit of formal education. Praise the Lord. I'm comfortable with my understanding. That's great. And and I'm not saying that you're not comfortable with your understanding. What I'm saying is, is that I think that there needs to be clarification on certain elements of this. Um, certainly, I believe, like Rob and I both believe once saved, always saved. Once a person has the Holy Spirit for regeneration, it never leaves. That, that uh, I mean, and I believe that for the, for the Tanakh as well as the apostolic scriptures. I don't believe that that has ever changed. Um, however, uh, I do believe that the Holy Spirit uh, fills people today to accomplish certain works, and that that doesn't last forever. Uh, if 
And we see this even in the way that that God moves amongst his people. Um, You know, some of the amazing stories of the Holy Spirit indwelling people to accomplish something, like speaking in actual languages and tongues, to... to, to, to further the gospel. In other words, you know, someone who doesn't speak the native language of the people that they're going to see, they all of a sudden can speak this native language that they've never heard or understood before. All of a sudden they can. That doesn't mean what happens once they leave that place, they're still not speaking the native language. The Holy spirit does not empower them to do that forever. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that there's not an argument that you might have, what I'm saying is, is that I think that there is, uh, there would need to be some some better understanding on my part for what it is you are actually advocating for in terms of a difference of an indwelling of the Holy Spirit before Christ came and after Christ came. Okay, with that, what we are going to do is we are going to acknowledge our super chats that have gone on during this conversation. Skibro the Hebrew and Lewis both have um, donated some super chats to us. And so we're going to choose a couple. Since we've mentioned Walter Kaiser, I think it's only right that we we (laughs) play a clip from Walter Kaiser. And then um, let's see here. It's a mix, right? It's got Kaiser, but then it's got some music. No, that one's just oh. Kaiser. Oh, okay. but what I what I'm actually looking for is uh, is the uh, that's oh I found it I found it I found it. All right, here we go. I think that view is headed for a deep mischief. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You've been blessed. We appreciate the Super Chats, and uh, yes, thank you so very much. We will be back next week with and another... And praise God for 64 years of walking with the Lord. That's, Absolutely. That's, that praise is the Lord. awesome. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. And you know what? I, I think that uh, no matter no matter if we agree or disagree on on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, obviously this is this is a subcategory of... Uh, of of what matters, right? I mean, th- this theology is not sending people to hell, right? <laughs> it's, if you don't believe this theology, right, you're going to, it's not one of those. Um, so, and yeah, anyway, uh, so very glad to have you in the chat room, sister, along with everyone else. We are grateful for uh, such a lively discussion that comes to us. We had five things on the docket today. We got to the first one. Um, we are on this Friday. Yeah, we we already uh, we already uh, recorded our Friday episode, so it should be should be uh, posted this coming Friday. All right, uh, I'm going to give you uh, ways to get a hold of us one more time, and then we are going to uh, say goodbye. You can get a hold of us, chegatorresource.com, chegatorresource.com. You can also give us a call two five three four six five thirty two zero five. It's two five three four six five thirty two zero five. We hope that this conversation has done at least one thing. That is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? I think you know why. Because Messiah matters. Mm -hmm.